You're at the Coaching Inn, 3D Coaching's virtual pub where we enjoy conversations with people who are engaged in the world of coaching. Hello and welcome to the Coaching Inn. I'm Claire Pedrick and today I'm in conversation with Dom Jones, who is a chaplain for the police force. Dom, welcome. Good morning. Thank you for having me along. It's wonderful to be here. Yeah, it's been we've been planning it for a long time, haven't we? I think over over a year, I think we've been meaning yeah. to get together. Yes. Yeah. So tell us a bit about what you do and where does coaching fit into that? So I'm lead chaplain to Hampshire Police um, and I run a team of 20 multi-faith chaplains across the force. So we cover the whole of Hampshire and the Isle of Wight. Um, and our predominant role is to offer a confidential listening ear to all of our officers and staff, regardless of their faith. So uh, that means pastoral care, a listening ear. Um, and where does coaching fit into this? Well, coaching fits into this as it's a way that I tend to offer my pastoral care. So I was invited onto a Transforming Conversations course I four years ago, um, maybe maybe even five. It was very early on in my time as a, as a chaplain. And it was something that one of the dioceses that I work with said, do I fancy going on? And I must admit, I didn't know an awful lot about it, but it looked like an interesting thing to give uh, give a go. Um, so I came along to to the course thinking, yeah, it, it's not going to hurt. Um, and after the four days, um, very cheesily, it transformed my conversations. Um, <laughs> it, it, it did what it said on the tin. Um, and I've now found myself... Um, doing further training with 3D um, and I'm on my route to uh, accreditation just building up my coaching hours um, and where what that looks like and, and what that means for me is that I guess as, as, a, as a chaplain we, we I said we offer that confidential listening here but I've often felt well what does that mean how what what do I what do I do or don't do um, and what skills do I have to to enable me to listen well um, and I think coaching has given me almost a, a, a container for those, those conversations um, and a way of it not just being a listening ear if people want more than that. Sometimes people absolutely just need to come and vent. Um, and my job is to sit there, shut up and not say a word um, and give them that safe space to just offload when things are really tough and people just want to go blur then yeah. I can do that. But actually, there are times and a lot of times when people want more than that. Um, and uh, they, they, they they come thinking that, that there is going to be more as well. I think I think there's a confusion with what a chaplain does. Um, uh, and so being able to say, look, if you would like to have a more of a structured conversation um, and I give the opportunity to explain a little bit about what a coaching conversation might look like, then um we, we can do that. Um, and so there are times when I will engage in, um, I guess, formal, for want of a better word, coaching. Um, and people know that they're coming for a coaching session um, and we will we will have a, a proper structured co coaching conversation. But there are so many times when I use the coaching skills during my pastoral care conversations. Um, and, I, and I guess a lot of what I do is a mismatch between a listening ear 
and a coaching conversation. Um, and there there may be times when I apologise, but I don't contract as such because with that we we haven't gone into we haven't gone into that. But actually, the coaching skills come in, um, and you you find oh gosh, there's there's a question there that needs to be asked to to help mm. move this person's thinking on. Um, and I've so so many of those principles of coaching I've used massively, and I think some of the key ones for for me silence is a massive one i've i've become really brave with silence and that's something that i've learned through the through the the coaching training and sessions is to hold that silence um and whenever i've had people come and observe me i sometimes have students come and observe me they commented on the silence um that that i hold um and it's not something i was really aware of until other people started saying it um but i i i, I remember on my transforming conversations course that there was a whole demonstration of completely silent coaching um and i it might have been yourself and perinel i struggling to remember but it was yeah it was i think it was completely silent or just like the odd word um and, and i don't do that but actually that showed me the power of of silence um and yeah i do i use a lot of silence in my conversations um and i've I've learned those cues that you talk about so often and you can see when people kind of look up and they finish their processing and they're they're ready for another question. Um, so I think silence has become incredibly powerful in in what I do. Um, and one of the um, things that I use a lot of or I'm very aware of is that keeping away from the wavy people. Um, yes. So working for the police People do have interesting stories. Um, I'm not going to lie. They they get up to some very interesting things. They go to very interesting jobs. Um, and I've got to not engage in, in that and get distracted by that. Um, and sometimes that's really hard because I'm nosy. I'm interested. Um, and what they're talking about is interesting. Uh, but I've, I've had to, and, and I, I hear myself talking to myself saying, don't go there don't go there you don't need to ask that question about the detail um and very much keeping away from from the wavy people um because yeah it that's not i don't need to know that um and it's not useful for the conversation that we're having um that was a very long answer to uh where does coaching fit into uh, to my work it's a it's a great answer don because i think there was so much richness in what you said. And I love the fact that you recognise more the quality of what you're doing when students come and watch and go, oh, that's interesting. Probably for the benefit of our listeners, we should say what wavy people are. So so wavy people is when you're talking to somebody and, as, as Dom said, the conversation is super interesting and you'd love to know all the juicy detail. But actually, the person that we're talking to the only thing that's in their gift to move them forward, which is one of the things that you said so articulately, Don, which is about how do you, if people want to move forward, how do you do that? Telling you the juicy details is not going to help them move forward. It's going to mean that you know the juicy details. <laughs> so um, I call them wavy people because they are very seductive. And as you probably described one of the most wavy set of wavy people, <laughs> which is when your colleagues have been on a job and probably everybody would love to know what happened, um, especially you as a colleague. But that's not the thing that's important in service of them feeling heard and, and moving forward. So that's wavy people. Well, well, so interesting. And the thing as you were talking, um, 
I was really intrigued. You know, how do they know that they want more than listening? That's a really good question. How do they know they want more than listening? I think, I think you get that sense from them and they perhaps they've exhausted other other means as well so within the police we we're, we're good at well-being we're good at looking after people so we have a real range of uh, options for people to choose from uh, if they are having stuff going on that they need to talk to somebody about um, and so often I get people come and say oh, I've tried this I've tried that I've tried the other and I thought I'd just come and speak to you and 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 I guess for me there's being that brave and saying okay what and, and, and I'm, I'm mumbling now but I, I think there's a bit of I said I don't always contract but I wonder actually whether there is almost that contracting part that comes in at that point um and saying okay so what is it you you want to talk about and you get you get that sense then from what does this person need and I think there is that that there, there's a co-contracting together at that point of yeah. um working out what this session is going to look like um, and and making that together. Um, th- there are times when people have asked to come to me for coaching. That's easy. Th- th- you, you can you, you, you can launch straight in with a with a nice structured coaching conversation, but it, it's the other times. Um, and I think, yeah, it is that co-contracting together of let's work this out. What what do you think you need? Um, and what might I be able to to offer you? Um, uh, and, and I think it is about list. We, we, we've talked about, uh, um, and you've talked about in both training and podcasts, almost providing people options of you might like to talk about this, you might like to talk about that, um, and you might like to do it like this or like that. Um, and I think that I, I, I will say to people, look, I can be your listening ear and literally just sit here and listen if that's what you need, if you need to get something off your chest or we can have a slightly more structured conversation in which you might know something different by the end. Um, and, and I think it's about it's about that co-contracting, definitely. Absolutely. And I love the fact that you offer them that because I think there can be a danger in, an, in any listening service that, that listening is the only thing. And as you say, some, for some people, that is so much the right thing. And yet somebody else inside knows or maybe doesn't know or maybe has a bit of an inkling that there's that some kind of forward movement here would be useful and I love the fact you don't use the word coaching Dom and you don't need to (laughs) you know I think I I talk I talk about coaching skills when some people might ask and and some people ask almost they want verification of what qualifies you to be their listener Um, and so then I can talk about these are some of the, the skills that I've got, some of the courses that I've I've been on. So to give them that that feeling that I hopefully know what I'm doing um, and and have done this before. Um, and again, I've heard you talk about this in in, in training sessions uh, that sometimes people might need that assurance that you know what you're doing, um, uh, so they feel they feel comfortable coming to you. Yes, yes, and and what are you going to do with what they tell you? But I'm sure in the police that that's a very well boundaried thing. I'm guessing it is very well boundaried. Um, we we abide by the confidentiality clause that 
we we all abide by that everything you tell me is, is confidential unless you or somebody else is at harm i guess there's a caveat for us in the police that um in the, if you've committed a crime um I can't keep that one quiet either um, because I, I, I work for the police. Um, so that's probably the only extra caveat that we might add in. But I imagine mm. there's a lot of people who, who would struggle to keep crimes um, confidential, um, depending on the level of it. Um, so, yeah, it, it is it is well structured. There's there's almost uh, a false belief that when people come to speak to me, the chaplain, it's more confidential. Um, and, and I have to be very clear in explaining the confidentiality clause and what that means but there's still this feeling that what i'm offering is more is more safe than some other services um uh, and 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 i don't think that's to do with the fact that the actual i don't don't think that is actually to do with confidentiality i think that's to do with the role of the chaplain and the 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 safe space that we're able to uh to, to to give people um and and i do make a real point of I don't keep notes. I don't keep case files. Um, I I don't I don't talk back to your line manager or your, to your sergeants. Um, and 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 there is there is a real safety in that as well. Um, and and I regularly talk about that. I practice the art of forgetfulness. Um, and that yeah, what 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 you said to me, if we meet in the street, and I I won't remember. Um, and I've I found over the years. I struggle to even remember the person sometimes um, <laughs> when, when, when I meet them out of context. Um, yeah. and, and I think that is that that's a safety for me um, that, my, that I've, I've kind of learned over, over the years. But it absolutely assures them that it is confidential um, and uh, it's not going to go. It's not going to go anywhere. And, and that's so, so important in this world, um, the police world, um, as it is in any. But people need to feel feel safe there's a there's a macho culture in the police that we're still trying to get over and we're, we're always promoting you don't need to be a macho it's okay to not be okay it's okay to, to speak and we're doing really really well on that but it needs that extra reinforcement um that what you say to me isn't going anywhere mm. so if you had a magic wand and could change the culture of chaplaincy or the culture of your organisation using coaching, what do you think is the potential? I think changing the culture of chaplaincy, I'd, what I what want to do to chaplaincy is to give chaplains more skills, more coaching skills. Um, and I, I think the potential of what we offer then is is incredible. Um, there are a number of chaplains on my team who have counselling skills, who have coaching skills, um, and there are some who have uh, really good pastoral care skills. But I think if we could give some form of coaching skills to the majority of our chaplains, again, we would transform our conversations because we would enable people to to be more than just listen to um to to move forward with their their thinking um so i think it's not transforming the culture of chaplaincy but it's giving chaplains more skills it's making things like coaching more accessible i'd never even heard of coaching until i was offered to go on the transforming conversations course um and and it took me a while to for me to even understand what coaching was um and 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 i've always struggled with how you explain it to other people how you sell it for want of a better word because 
we use the word we use the word coaching for such a lot of other stuff and we use it in the police to mean the uh the the, the phase when you finish police training college before you're an independent police officer that's your coaching period um and they all have coaches um, and yeah. so it's really hard to then explain oh i'm not i'm not one of those coaches um i'm not going to train you to be a police officer i don't know anything about being a police officer um and so yeah i i think coaching is a really transformative thing and it's about being able to enable people to experience that so i would love that uh, chaplaincy training encompasses for some form of, of coaching training um and then in the police um we 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 have we have structured coaching that you can come and access it's mainly for um promotion prospects and uh, enabling you to, to to move on in your career um i would like to see coaching more accessible to to people um and more pastoral carers using coaching um because i think it does it helps people to to move on um i've been using coaching skills quite a lot in bereavement conversations it's something i'm very very interested in i'm exploring a lot more i read the blog a couple of weeks ago when you were uh talking to somebody about their, their their work with grief and bereavement um and i've arranged to have a uh, an online chat to Paranel as well about her experiences uh with um the, the the coaching at the time of death um and i'm really interested uh, in that because i get a lot of people who come to see me because of grief and bereavement um in in force um and i i i obviously have quite a lot of uh time in that world um and so i'm really interested in helping people or enabling people to uh process grief and bereavement uh in in a in a, in a better way for, for them and, and whatever whatever that looks like um and i have noticed already in the conversations i've had just by using those coaching skills that you can enable somebody to know something different by the end of their time uh with with, with you um and i want to explore that more because i'm absolutely fascinated by that it's interesting, isn't it? Because neurodiversity, neurodistinctiveness was not something that was spoken of much in the workplace. And in the last three, four, five years, it's become much more of a, a language that people use. And now suddenly the language of bereavement and loss and grief is just beginning to surface to be more spoken of in organisations. And I know you've spoken to you are going to speak to Liz Wybrow about that and Liz and Perinelle are going to come and do a podcast. Oh, um, fantastic. Yeah, I, uh, I've, spoke, I've spoken to Liz already. And uh, yeah, yeah, very, very, very interesting. I think I think the why that language is more is perhaps something the pandemic taught us um, is that people weren't given the opportunity to to grieve and to say goodbye in a way that we are used to. Um, and and I, I saw an awful lot of people coming to talk after the pandemic um, and talk about the way they couldn't say goodbye in a way that they would want to. Um, and, and I guess the beauty of my role is that we can have those we can have those conversations, but then I can change hats and I can do something very practical for them. And if people want some form of ceremony to say goodbye because they didn't feel they got that then I can I can offer that and, th and there's been many a time that during a conversation I've really felt that I need to change hats I need to say to them look do you think some form of memorial service or 
not not a second funeral but some some other goodbye saying service would be of help for you um and uh, and it has been on regular um regular occurrences yeah because we don't know what we don't know do we so my mum died in april 2020 and uh we had an online funeral all of us uh, and she had direct cremation and we thought it was a holding thing. And then we thought it had been the funeral because it was great. And then two or three weeks ago, we went to a remembrance service, the kind of one that churches often have around All Souls Day. And her name was read out. And you don't know what you don't know. We didn't realise how important it had been that we heard her name read in public. Because, of course, her name hadn't been spoken in public since she was alive. So so I love that you're, yeah, the offering thing to people, because I kind of wanted to go, I thought it was a bit out there to go onto Twitter and go, by the way, if this has happened, this might, you know, think about what might be a good idea if that's useful for you. Because we don't know what's useful for us, do we, until it kind of emerges sometimes and it, and it, and it turns up and we think, oh, yeah, that was what we needed. Absolutely. And and there is something about the saying of our loved ones names in public that is important and churches do it on a regular basis. Only the Sunday just gone, I held a road death memorial service. We remember all those killed on our roads and we read out the names, all of those. And that's that's the most powerful part of the service when people hear their loved ones names uh, read, read out. Um, and so, yeah, for me, being able to offer something like that alongside a, a conversation um is, is is an incredible ability and gift that i can uh, I, i'm able, able to offer yeah yeah some kind of ritual sacramental processing thing and actually that's you know in coaching that's something that we can integrate as well and you know as a as a chaplain and a priest you have a very unique way of doing that um and then there are coaches who use constellations which it, I think is also sacramental which is an outward visible sign of an inward shift where people can do can do stuff so you know what a gift these conversations can be to the people that we that we talk to absolutely and I, I think you don't know what, what what you don't know and you start what you think is a conversation and, and you finish with offering or having some form of service or um thanksgiving or memorial for for someone and uh and, and i think it's it, it's it's the the beauty of the beauty of coaching the beauty of conversation and and the beauty of relationship as well of, of coming together with somebody um and holding that that safe space together mm. Mm. so there's something deeply transformative for you in your role about having integrated this this additional way of engaging with people isn't there absolutely um and it's i'd say it's not just hopefully it's transformative for the people who come but it's also for me um and it gives me a sense of having some more skills to help the people that that, that i'm with um and it gives me a a, a more of a a structure and a format to conversations um and and that helps me i think the type of personality that, that i am um i I, I, I like to be a doer um, and and I think I'm I'm at risk of um, trying to to, to to rescue people on, on that the, 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 the triangle um, and 
and I think I I can be at yeah I can be at risk of trying to rescue people but having had some training and allowing myself to have a format to my conversations and a bit of a structure gives me gives me a way of helping people without without stepping in and rescuing which isn't what people need um so it's it's given me that structure um and enables my conversations to have greater value and greater greater debt so it it hopefully helps people who come to to see me uh, and and helps me as uh, uh, as well and gives me that, uh, that 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 knowledge that i've had some skills and some training in my conversations as well yeah there is a, a, a next level than uh, simply listening here if that's what people need yeah that's amazing and and it really it's a gift isn't it to enable people to keep their personal power while we're having a conversation with them because then it grows uh, absolutely um and i am regularly visualizing that that ball that we talk about and moving it the make, making sure who who's who's got the power um and yeah making sure that they they have got that power during that 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 that, that conversation um and that's a really powerful thing to be able to do as well um yeah. and and a beautiful thing to 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 be able to see yeah yeah because i think sometimes that little tiny nugget of personal power is often with some people it's the only thing that right now they've got and our job is to fan it into flame and when we rescue it minimizes it i think and particularly we've been just talking about grief and bereavement particularly in those times when maybe it feels like your whole world has collapsed around you um but if you can keep hold of the power then that's that's a that's a beautiful thing Definitely, definitely. So if you could give one nugget of wisdom to our listeners as we finished on, what would it be? One nugget. Other, other than do some coaching training, which uh, hopefully most of the listeners have done. Um, one one nugget is really is really hard. Um, I think I think it's got to be going back to what I've already said is staying away from the wavy people. Um mm stuff is so interesting we're nosy by our very natures um and, and and i am um and and i work in a really interesting world but stay away from the wavy people this isn't the time to get the gossip and to to get the to get all the fine details um uh, and enable those that are speaking to you to not have to go into the the details um and i and i love that phrase that that i've heard so often when people say to the people say to me oh does that make sense and of course at that point i don't say yes or no i say well, if it makes sense to you um yeah. and then then they carry on with their their, their rambling to think i haven't really got a clue what's going on here but i don't need to um yeah. and and that's that's been really powerful is that i don't have to understand the details of this conversation to have this conversation um so yeah i I think that nugget is stay away from the wavy people um it comes back to i think one of the first things i said at the beginning um and it it is really helpful for them and for me um and and i think in the world that i i work in i i don't need to know those details sometimes from my own well-being um because if they've been to a particularly nasty job I don't need to know all those details. Um, I don't need to know the amount of body parts and things like that. That, that for my own well-being as uh, uh, as well. So that there's a definite 
perhaps not seen help for me, which um, maybe isn't, we don't always talk about. When, when, when we talk about stay away from the wavy people, it's perhaps for the person that is um, having the conversation. It's, it's for, for their good, but actually there's something for, for my good as well. Yes, absolutely. That's such a great insight. Well, thank you, Dom. So I'm Claire Pedrick and I've been speaking to Dom Jones. So if people want to talk to you more about chaplaincy and coaching, how do they get in contact with you, Dom? Um, so they can get in contact either via Twitter. I'm Hans, as in Hampshire, H-A-N-T-S, Hans Police Chap on Twitter, um, or simply an email to chaplain at hampshire.police.uk. Um, and I always say to our student officers, whenever I'm telling them my email address, don't forget that Chaplin has an A in it, otherwise I become Charlie Chaplin um, and emails won't reach me. <laughs> thank you very much, Dom, and thank you everyone for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, we'd love you to share the podcast with a friend or leave a comment on social media. And if you'd like to become a regular at The Coaching Inn, you can subscribe on Podbean and all major podcast channels. We look forward to welcoming you next time. You've been listening to The Coaching Inn, 3D Coaching's virtual pub. For more information, check out 3dcoaching.com.